0: Also, in June, on the 8th and 9th, is an in-person soul recovery retreat in Lafayette, Colorado. This is going to be a weekend of incredible transformation, learning how to use soul recovery in your life and to leave that weekend transformed. Visit the website for more about what to expect and how to register. Enjoy the episode. My name is Rev. Rachel Harrison, and this is the Recover Your Soul podcast, For us to overcome external circumstances, we must first overcome our internal self by focusing on inner change. Outer positive results in our lives will follow. This podcast offers inspiration, strength, and hope through the tools of recovery, spirituality, and positive psychology. I started recoveryoursoul.net after having profound changes in my life in my recovery from alcoholism and control addiction. I was guided to share these tools with others through this podcast and personal coaching. Personal recovery does not need an addiction to use the tools and principles to better our lives and transform just the desire to make positive changes and grow As an ordained minister, I continue to study and deepen my relationship with the spiritual principles that have brought me peace, happiness, connection, and abundance. I know that together we can do the work that will recover your soul. I'm sure that you've heard the saying before, change your thoughts, change your life. Change your thoughts, change your life. I know that my life has changed so dramatically since I quit drinking three and a half years ago, like night and day. And I've been thinking so much about what that is and the changes that have happened in me and how can I share them more clearly? How can I be that inspiration, strength, and hope that allows somebody who might be in a dark place or might be still in addiction of drugs or alcohol or emotions. Sometimes we're just addicted to how we feel and feelings that have been the same feelings we've had for so long on and on and on. Those addictions are just as powerful that hold us back. And so it's the thoughts that are going on inside of our head that create our reality there's these chemicals and, and these neurons, and they are so powerful in the different areas of our brain that make everything that we think and feel create emotions. And those emotions end up creating patterns. And those patterns end up creating our personalities and our life and who we think we are. There's also the saying, don't believe everything you think and yet we do. And not only that, but we spend so much time, like I talked about in one of the previous episodes, contemplating the past. And the past often has negative thoughts. And it's like almost 90% of what we think is stuff that's already happened in our life. And each time we think about those past things that have happened in our life, those emotions that come up are the ones that create in us thought patterns, that we start immediately going back into whatever we felt yesterday, or at that time of struggle, or at that time of stress. As I talk about, and I'm not the only one to be saying this, what you think is what your life is. When you start being in that place where you want change, how do you make the change? And I remember so distinctly being in the darkness. It's almost like I now have to go back and find it until I come across somebody who's in that dark place in their life. And as soon as I can see somebody else in that dark place, I'm reminded of how powerful It feels to be there, how powerless actually it feels to be there, how unmanageable that feels, how you feel like the world is just all over you, that there's no hope, that there's no way it can be any better. But the truth is, it can. But we have to want it. We have to want to do something about it. We have to want to make change. And when I think about the fact that I can have gratitude of an addiction and that you get to this place in the addiction where you have something to name, you have a wall to hit and you say, you know what, I, I can look and see clearly that this drinking that I did is causing me chaos and causing me unhappiness and making my body sick and making my mind sick. It can be a lot harder when we don't have something like that to recognize that the anger or the anxiety or the frustration or the jealousy or the discontentment that we feel is because we're blaming our life on outside circumstances, on the situations and the relationships and the people that we've had in our lives before. But just like I became obsessed with the feeling that I got from drinking that was a moment of relief and a moment of euphoria. And your body becomes accustomed to that. It it creates a pattern and a habit that it wants this next thing. It's a toxin. And the toxin starts to control you. And even though that 20 or 30 minutes of feeling really elated has a whole effect afterwards of not feeling good, or of the irritability or the literally sickness from drinking too much or whatever it may be. It's very similar to the obsession that our bodies start to crave, the craving that our bodies crave from stressful feelings, from the actual chemicals that come into our lives from being stressful. And even though I knew that while I was drinking, it was as if I was drinking gasoline, alcohol is gasoline, it is ethanol. So as I knew that I was drinking something that was literally poison to myself, if we can think that when we're having those Worrying that stress, those feelings of resentment, frustration, trying to control the world around us, wanting it to be different, wanting somebody else to be different, having expectations that can't be met. Those stressful feelings actually create in us chemicals. And just like the toxin that I was ingesting by drinking wine, those toxins are equally as powerful. My body got used to them too. As a matter of fact, it starts to crave that. It starts to think, oh, this is the time when this feeling starts to happen and it starts to want it and it starts to connect with it. And then we're in that place where in our brain with our thinking, we can't imagine that there's anything else out there. We can't even begin to think that there could be anything different because now we're in this routine. Now we're in this patterning that our life has become. You know, we wake up in the morning and we have a routine and you get up and you probably go to the bathroom and you get a cup of coffee or a cup of tea. And when you're not in a healthy place, we turn on the news or we start flipping through our phone or we get out the paper, we start reading the news and we generally start thinking about our lives and all the crap that's happened to us or the crap that we know that we have to do or that we're afraid of and we're not present so we've already started this pattern of how our minds now have an expectation oh now is when i'm going to start to get worried and about my day I'm going to start to fret a little bit about what's going to happen next or how the next thing is going to happen. I'm going to get to work on time or whether the kids are going to get to school on time or, oh, I'm going to get a call from so and so and they're going to start to complain. Like we start to anticipate those feelings. And as the day goes on, we're not present. We're just racking up how everything is going. So to break those patterns, When I needed to stop drinking, I think I could relate that to needing to stop thinking negatively. It's not just the not drinking or the behaviors that are the checkout behaviors shopping or porn or sugar or food, whatever those things are that we do that are our coping mechanisms, our checkout things that we become completely compulsive about doing. When it's time to make those changes, whether it's a behavior or an emotion, it's not easy. It's not easy at all. But you have a determination to break those patterns. And it's not just the thing you actually need to change your way of believing the way that your mind works, your habits, the way that your day is surrounded by the things that you do your your rituals when you come home, the rituals when you wake up in the morning, rewiring your brain, rewiring the way that you have been for so long. Because when you have those old patterns, especially the way our neurons work, they hold on tight to the previous patterns, those previous thought patterns. And so when I quit drinking, when I went back into the rooms, I remember saying, over and over in meetings, in the AA meetings, like, I missed drinking, because I did the fun part of it. But what I actually missed was the ritual and the immediate comfort that I got in that first 20 minutes, that knowing that I could not feel the feelings that I was feeling for those first 15 or 20 minutes. And to allow yourself to be uncomfortable is a new pattern. And as time went on and I changed all of my patterns, when I came home from work, I didn't do the same things that I had done before. I had to completely redo my routine, I had to insert healthier things to do. And then a month later, two months later, six months later, a year later, my brain had rewired for new patterns. But it came to my thinking, change your thinking and you can change your life. It wasn't just the not drinking. So then I relate that to people in their life situations. We all have friends or family members, spouses, kids, co workers, who just can't get a break. They just do not feel like there's there's any chance for them. And I'm just going to talk to my parents out there that are listening and you know that I've got the two kids and I'm I'm hoping when they're in town the next couple weeks we can do a podcast with one or both them and sort of share some stuff, but I've talked about how my older son really struggles. He struggles with depression. Um, He struggles with anxiety. He struggles with addiction issues. And when I talk to him, my heart breaks. My heart literally just feels like it's just being ripped open. And as I've talked to you about not fixing and not controlling, as I've said before, I'm really talking to myself. I am constantly reminding myself that these tools have brought me such peace and such serenity but when you're right in it and you're hearing your child talk about how life is just unhappy for them and that they don't have the life that they want and it doesn't think that he's ever going to get it and that nobody shows up for him the way that he wants and he has so 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 much pain that's still in there and i And working so hard on not fixing, we had offered to um, pay for counseling for him, and he's not interested. He doesn't want to talk about it, he doesn't want to work on it. There's that part where what we're working on now in soul recovery is then you just have to pray, you have to open your heart, you have to send out positive love and energy and hope that someday. He'll want to make a change as much as I wanted to make a change. But I remind myself, he's 25 years old, and I didn't get it till I was in my 40s. So I can't know when his journey will want to start. But what I can offer him in little bits is just to say, change your thinking, and you can change your life. And even when you're in those darkest places, even when you're in the places where you just feel like you can't think a better thought, those are those moments where you have to think a better thought if you want it. Because there's too much scientific evidence. There's too much out there that proves, proves that you have control of your life and your world in the thoughts that you think. And I can say that that's absolutely what happened for me when I changed my perspective, when I took all of that energy that I was putting on wanting everybody else to show up for me the way that I wanted it, that I felt like I was entitled to being treated a certain way That I had massive expectations about what I wanted people to be in my life. That I looked back on my past and the things that were hurtful to me, and I didn't see them as gifts for growth. I saw them as suffering. When I used alcohol to check out, when I wouldn't take responsibility for my own feelings, when I wouldn't take responsibility for knowing that it was up to me to have a better thought to change the way that my neurons worked in my brain. I remember how helpless that felt, how powerless that felt, and that it was a lot easier to lay a whole bunch of blame on the world not showing up for me. But it's amazing how almost immediately, when I really started using those tools, the spiritual tools of visioning and asking for my higher power to come in, and to relieve me of my bondage of self, to allow me to have a wholeness, to see my world and my life as it is without the expectation of something else, and to give myself permission to ask for and believe in and want more. And to have all of that focus be on, on me and to want more for myself. So it didn't mean that I couldn't vision and say, I am so happy and grateful that I have a loving, caring, and deep relationship with my husband. And I didn't have it when I started saying that. When I started these practices of changing my thinking, nothing that I was thinking was happening in my life. Nothing. I had a job that was shitty. My relationship with my husband was falling apart. I'm going to cry again. (laughs) My relationship with my kids was strained. I was in poor health. I was in a financially desperate kind of situation. We were always just living right off the edge. When I started doing this practice... At the beginning of my recovery, three year, three and a half years ago, of changing my thinking, even when it didn't seem like it was possible, even when it seemed like my life was so hard that this was playing pretend, something shifted and something changed. And it was more than I could have ever dreamed of because it was this slow process, because when you start to say and feel and think differently, you're actually retraining your brain. So there's scientific evidence that shows that your brain doesn't know the difference between what, it th- what you're, you're imagining, and what could potentially be happening for real. So if you are a sports person, you can be visioning your perfect run. And in your subconscious, it's creating the perfect run. And then you go out onto the track and you run a perfect run, or a strong run. And every time you use both your mental and your physical, you're increasing your ability and your capacity to do better and better and better. And just like The same if you are envisioning a crappy, ugly conversation with somebody, your mind is having this crappy, ugly conversation with somebody and feeling all of those negative feelings almost the same as standing right in front of them having a crappy, ugly conversation. So why not shift it? Why not shift that power to actually be visioning Your better life. And in your subconscious, you're actually training your body and your mind away from all of those chemicals that are the stress chemicals that hold on to anxiety and fear and anger and rage and jealousy and unhappiness. And you're retraining your mind to other chemicals, to other neuron paths that are peace happiness, joy, abundance, love, connection, compassion, patience. But it's almost like you have to start training for a marathon. People that train for marathons that haven't been athletic before, they just start by running down the block. They don't run 26 miles on the first day. And so we have to kind of think about that we're doing that for our brains when we change our thinking to change our life that you start taking baby steps, that even when you're in your darkest moment, if you can just lift your thought, that one more thought, that one higher feeling that you actually are changing your entire chemical structure. And as you change your entire chemical structure, you're changing your entire vibration, your energy, we are energy, we are vibrations. And that physics that happens that brings to you the same vibrations starts to bring to you the next higher thoughts, the next higher feelings, those things in your life that you have written down or imagined that you're saying, I am so happy and grateful to have a loving, connected, deep relationship with my husband. And then all of a sudden, you realize you're having a loving, happy, deep connected relationship with your husband. That's what happened for me, and the job that I had that was so hard and so painful, I wasn't working that job, and as a matter of fact, I have these writings which I wish I could find, but I had written down like that I wanted to clo- I wanted to work closer to where I lived that I wanted to work less hours, that I wanted to be doing spiritual work, that I wanted to be connected with people. I wanted to have emotional connections with people. And when I got the job at the spiritual center that I work at, and I found those writings, I couldn't believe it. And I can believe it now because I've done all this metaphysics, and now I'm a minister, and just all the stuff that I've studied. Of course I can believe it because I believe we're unlimited. That almost exactly what I had dreamed came true. That I was working closer to home, that I was working part time, that I was doing spiritual work, that freedom gave me the space to create, recover your soul, gave me the space to start practicing these tools, gave me the space to study and become a minister. That's amazing. Amazing. And I changed my thinking and I continue every day to change my thinking. And so when I see people who are really in pain, because we are in pain, and I can feel that compassion for them, like really just in the depth of my heart, connect with that part where you just don't think you can change or that the world will change. Or there's nothing that you can do to make it be any different. And I don't believe that's true. I believe that your thoughts create the world that you live in. And that we all have hardship. And it's the journey. You know, so many of us want to get to the destination. That we think that there's some answer. Some thing that's going to make it all be okay and be happy. And the truth is, we're always working. We're always on this spiritual bus. Oh my gosh, that just made me think of something I think that somebody said once where they just said, I just can't get off the struggle bus. The door is wide open. It's making stops all the time. The struggle bus is making a stop and you can get out of the struggle bus, but we often don't. We just stay in it. But the only person who can pull the handle and say, I'm ready to get off is you. We have this ability to change our thoughts and to change our life. So if you are in that place where you are looking around saying, ah, it's not the way that I want it. This isn't the life that I wanted. Start to vision, start to pretend, start to imagine the feelings that you would feel if it were working out the way that you wanted, that if you can not wake up and start your day with the thoughts of what didn't work out for you in the past or what you're afraid from the past or what you're concerned about in the future and be present more and more time in the presence, take time to meditate, take time to completely change your schedule so that your mind can't go back to those old patterns. Take a different way to work, have a different routine, have a different routine during the day, try something new, change a pattern that has brought you to a negative behavior, and start to move that pattern away from you. So that just like I did with drinking, Now I can't even imagine drinking. And that seems insane for what my life was before. I was just at an event last night where people were having wine and beer and doesn't even cross my mind. Because I wouldn't give up the life that I have right now and the happiness that I have for right now for anything. It's too good. It's too good. And my thinking now is so... Much clearer and cleaner and happier and, and with ease. With ease. Man, I was on that struggle bus. And the bus that I'm on now is like the one that, you know, you feel like you look out and you see smiling, happy people. And it doesn't mean that it, I don't have heartache or hardship. I absolutely 100% do. I'm having difficult conversations with people. I have a job where, you know, you kind of bump up against people or you have congregants who aren't happy and that's okay. You know, we're all in this journey. We're all doing our own thing and I don't have to take all that on. I don't have to be responsible for everybody else. And even when I have a child who I love so much, like just with my every ounce of my being, who's having a hard time, I have to let him have a hard time. I have to just love him, love him, love him and have compassion and let him know I am here. And I often say to him, there is a solution. And then you let it go. I had to find the solution. I had to change my thinking, change your thinking, change your life. Until next time. Namaste. Thank you for listening. I hope this episode offered you some tools and guidance and inspiration on your journey to recover your soul. If you'd like some support and encouragement with your soul recovery, book a coaching session with me. When you are ready for change, it's amazing what can be done in just a few sessions with some support. There's never any long-term commitment. This is your personal journey, and I'm just here to be a guide and assist you in connecting with your fullest and happiest self go to the website, recoveryoursoul.net and there you can find out more about me, book your coaching or spiritual counseling session, subscribe to receive our email updates, listen to some of my music. I have some originals and I've had various bands over the years. You can also read the blog that includes stories and insights from the Recover Your Soul community. I want to thank you for supporting the production of this podcast. Every single donation makes such a big difference and you can donate on the homepage of the website. Also, by following, subscribe, reviewing this podcast on your favorite platform, you're helping to spread the recover your soul message. I hope that you'll follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and even join the private Facebook group and become part of our transformation community. Share who you are, share where you're from, share your story. Let's all connect. Until next time. Namaste.